Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and my two favorite words in the English language are indifference and apathy. Hey, at this time of uh, uh, the world, yeah, that's perfect. And I am the Champ, and at one time in my life, I had a first edition Bill James baseball abstract. So one time in your life, what, what happened One time to in it? my life. <laughs> Yep. What happened to it? Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the first edition baseball abstract came out in, I believe, it was 1977, and this this thing was pretty much homemade. It had the big old staple in it, the, the heavy paper that type. You yeah, can see it looks yeah. like he ran, he he typed everything and ran it all through um, a copier, and um, we could, we bought it off. Bill and I bought it off of uh, the Sporting News. And, yeah. Right. Um, okay. It, it was it was great. I mean, he was he was the first, right? He. He, he's the OG of sabermetricians, and, and um, uh, obviously we're at my parents' place at that time, and I think it just got lost, like, you know, a yeah. lot of the, the, yeah. the childhood um, memorabilia gets lost at home. So uh, tell me about your indifference. Um, indifference What is that apathy? in reference to? Uh, yeah, I, I just like the words. So when I come across, like, um, like now that I'm back to, like, a – I don't want to say corporate world, but I, working for the government, I, 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 when something goes bad, I, I just have indifference to it. I, I think I'm at a place in my life where I just have indifference to a lot of things that go on that I see on TV or I read in the newspaper or uh, I see online. I, I, I'm just indifferent to it. Just have apathy to it. And I'm not talking about the people that I love, you know, my family, all that other stuff, my friends. I'm talking about stuff that happens in the world. I'm, I'm no, I, I, I get that. It, do you find it? Because I, I am. It, it certainly helps to, to be like that in today's world. Do you find it as a, a defense mechanism, though? Ah, uh, yo, yeah, it definitely. Because I am not a Type B personality. I mean, you've known me for okay. quite a while. Uh, you wouldn't classify me as a Type B personality, would you? No, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah. Um, um, some people would say uh, a lot of the owners. In fact, I'm getting a whole bunch of uh, tweets and texts right now about indifference and apathy for you, it looks like that applies to your uh, Bush League team this year. Right. <laughs> yeah, actually, <Thank> you. <laughs> you'll be here all week. Uh, <laughs> actually, I have a, uh, I have a, I have an article title, you know, Case, Case is a, like an amateur writer. He, he writes constantly he, and he, he, he loves doing, he loves reading, he loves writing. And I, I was, I need to talk to him. I, I have a title for the article. I don't think it's a book. I think it's an article. Is I'm the worst fantasy, fantasy sports player in the history of the world, and I know exactly why. Oh, okay. So this is perfect. So you know, one of the things that, that I'm going to try and take on this, this winter after the, the the season is over, Raj, is I, I would like to try and create a, a website. I know Tom had one before. Um, but I, I know nothing um, about creating a website, so I might try and take that on. And, you know, I, I would be looking for content, and that would be excellent as yeah. part of the, the, the first edition, if you will, uh, website. So I would like to keep that article uh, once you decide to write it. Well, I'm not writing it. I'm going to dictate it to Case, and he's going to write it. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a second. No, wait a second. This is like an all-in-the-family thing. You, you, you dictate the articles to, to Casey. All the technical issues are run through, through Lily. Um, you know, um, I, I'm thinking that you might be getting your Bush League advice from, from Jameson. No, <laughs> no I, I'm a visionary. I'm not a detail guy. Okay. Yeah. I have, uh, okay, I, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I got you. Right. Which, which may explain some of the issues. So, so let's, let's head into our podcast. <laughs> Right. Well, first, let, let's start with uh, let, let's start with uh, t two baseball Hall of Famer legends, uh, icons of the game, who passed away in the past seven days. Uh, Tom Seaver, um, Tom, terrific USC pitcher, amazing Mets, um, three hundred eleven wins over twenty seasons, below three ERA for his career, thirty six hundred Ks, one hundred six WAR, three Cy Youngs, and a Rookie of the Year. Um, man, it's, it's, it, that, that's someone who, other than Ken Griffey was the hall of famer that had the most percentage votes, I believe up until Ken Griffey. Am I right? 
Yes, you are. I think he had, what, 98.6 or something like that. You know, back in the day when it was fashionable not to allow 100% um, first ballot. You know, there yeah. were always those those old school writers that didn't look at it. Uh, you know, they, they just had their old school rules. But, uh, yeah, what a, what a terrific, uh, as the name, as the nickname suggested, player. Um, do you remember watching him much? Well, you know what's funny is I, I watched, I remember watching him with the Reds. When he got traded to the Reds, I think for Pat Zachary, I have to double check that. But when he got traded to the Reds, I remember him. And I, I always thought that his pitching mechanics were so cool. The way he dropped and drive. You know how there's like a couple different pitching mechanic philosophies, drop and drive or stay tall and fall. But he was a drop and drive guy with the knee on the dirt. and the, Yeah, it was there's a lot of power he generated in his lower body to throw that baseball. Absolutely. And in fact, that's, that's what I remember. Also, if you looked at his, his uniform, when he was pitching his, his knee was always dirty from, from exactly what, what you're saying. Um, just one of the, one of the truly greats. And I, I got to watch him a fair bit because when I would travel to my grandparents who lived in uh, Elmira, New York, um, they would get a lot of the games on WOR channel nine, yeah. um, New York, out, out in New York city. So I got to see uh, a fair bit of, of Tom Seaver games, and yeah, this this guy was uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal pitcher. Yeah. Then we, then yesterday we got the news of Lou Brock, um, famous Chicago Cub, and St. Louis Cardinal Hall of Famer, three thousand hits, sixteen hundred runs. They had two ninety three career average. I didn't realize it was that high. And of course, his stolen base records, uh, which have since been broken, but. Um, He's, he's, he was kind of a, a cool player. I, I don't remember watching him a lot. He retired right as I started getting into baseball, but he's one of the three baseball players that I had a poster of in my bedroom. He's, he's one of the three guys that I had a poster of. So I, I, I really I just thought Lou Brock was a cool player, and he obviously is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know, um, obviously as a Cardinal fan um, – very heavy heart um, when I saw that yesterday um, coming across the ticker and watching the Sunday night game. Um, one of the two favorite players, you know, him and, and Bob Gibson kind of defined um, uh, my early years of, of, of Cardinal baseball. Um, truly one, one, one of the greats, um, you know, that year that he stole, um, I think it was 1974, he stole 118 uh, bases, which, you know, shattered um, Murray Will's record of, of 104, but I remember. Here's a quick story. Uh, so back in 1974, where I'm, I'm 12, Bills 10, and very late at night, uh, very faintly, we could get um, KMOX out of out of St. Louis. And I remember us listening to the game that night when he broke the record. I want to say it was against the Padres. Um, so you know, just a very cool memory of of, of Lou Brock. Um, Second quick story is um, I remember going down to the vets. This was probably early to mid-70s. And um, he actually got into a fight at home plate with Tim McCarver when McCarver was with the Phillies. Okay. You know, yeah. You know, they were teammates, Teammates, uh, World Series teammates, and remained good friends. But occasionally you'll hear McCarver tell that story when they got into a little bit of a, a, a scuffle. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of the last thing is I still have, um, and I sent it to the league, uh, a picture, uh, an autographed picture, um, actually an autograph of uh, from Lou Brock. It's just sitting here in my office. So uh, yeah, one of the one of the greats in in my mind. Um, finished second in MVP voting in that 1974 season and had 12 consecutive years of over 50 stolen bases. Imagine how what that does to your body. Just just ravages. The, the the you know the, the body you don't see players doing that anymore but um, yeah uh, rest in peace Lou Brock so uh, Lou Lou Brock does have some connections to our hometown of Pottstown Pennsylvania do you know what they are how's that he was uh, I'm gonna guess this has something to do with with Dave Ricketts no he was traded from the Cubs to the Cardinals for Bobby Shantz. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I would check that. Was was Bobby Shantz part of that deal? Because this could have been one of the, the you know, 
forgive the, the, the pun here, but this could have been one of the greatest steals of, of all time when they traded um, Lou Brock. I think it was Ernie Broglio, wasn't it? So he was traded for three players, according to Baseball Reference, on June 15th, 1964. Okay. You're right. Ernie Broglio, Do Doug Clements, and Bobby Shantz. And Bobby Shantz. Okay, yep. nice. That's, yep. that's so, good for you for uh, researching that. Uh, yeah, and that's... And he was traded 52 games into the 1964 season. Maybe he was he was the the player that that pushed the Cardinals over the edge. Uh, uh, certainly, yeah. certainly. If you read, you know, obviously it was a combination of the Phillies just just certainly just failing at at the end. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was a big piece of that. Um, 33 steals that year. Um, what, what would he have? Like a 340 something average. Yeah, 343. He had 200 hits. Yeah. So. Oh, you're right. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a nice little pickup around June. Or, yeah, June. And uh, you're adding Lou Brock to your to your uh, everyday lineup. That's that's a nice little deal uh, for Bobby Shantz and those two, two other guys. Um, yeah, maybe that's why the Cubs struggled so much. So, the other thing we have to deal with is uh, you wanted to touch on Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, he's the third. Uh, I, I guess I was surprised by this, but he's the third fastest pitcher to 2,500 Ks um, at, at age 32, um, only topped by Nolan Ryan and Walter Johnson. Does, does that surprise you? Uh, yeah. I, I thought of, I thought Roger Clemens might have been in there because he pitched pretty much after he got out of college. He was he didn't pitch in the minor leagues that often. Um, I I thought he might have been in there, and I'm a little surprised Gibson wasn't. But because I, I thought he started pretty young in his career. I mean, I guess that's what you need. You need a power pitcher that starts early. You know what I mean? That starts yeah. in the in the rotation by the time you're 21, 22 years old. At 2,500 strikeouts is a lot of strikeouts, and especially nowadays. That you know they don't have guys that have 300 Ks anymore. Like that's not a nope. thing. Yeah, and he nope. and he's had some injuries, so he probably would have got it faster, right? Yeah, you know what? He, he he's kind of changing from a power pitcher to more of a finesse pitcher, but still getting a lot of strikeouts. And you know, we'll talk about you know that and his impact on uh, the Bush League um, as we move forward. So, do you think he'll? I mean, he he could still push the ball pretty good to the plate. You don't think he's becoming a finesse pitcher like maybe Frank Tanana did? Remember Frank Tanana? No, yeah, no. okay. No, I I think he's just becoming a smarter pitcher and you know uses location and 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 guile a little bit more, but he can still bring it up there when he needs to. And you would think, um, COVID aside, that he's pretty much um, a shoe in for. Uh, 3,000 strikeouts and, and, and probably destined for a, a Hall of Fame career. Um, you know, yeah. for his sake, I hope he can get the I hope he can get that World Series ring. I, I I hope he doesn't, and it's not personal. But I I could no I, no I get that. I'm yeah, in, we talked about that. I'm indifferent whether Clayton Kershaw wins a World Series. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I think he probably needs to get the 3,000 to get a lock into that Hall of Fame. Yeah, just I'd agree with that. Because mm -hmm. he's not going to have close to 300 wins. So he's going to need no. 3,000 Ks and keep that ERA low, you know, as it is now. But, yeah, he's certainly he's certainly in that conversation. And then uh, other baseball news, A-Rod rears his ugly head again. <laughs> with, uh. <laughs> I love saying that phrase, rears his ugly head. So what this time? He's whining. I'm going to use the term whining about the uh, the bid for the Mets as being rigged. I guess what he's saying is the Mets came to him and said, "Hey, what's your offer?" He throws out a number. And they go to Cohen and says, "Hey, A Rod said this. What do you say?" And Cohen comes up with you know a couple more hundred million and gets the Mets. Are you buying that argument? No, of course not. You know, he's been through negotiations or had, an, uh, first of all, an, uh, an agent that negotiated with him. And, and that's part of the negotiation process. But you know what? 
this is just more uh, of him just being totally self-centered. And you've said it numerous numerous times that he can't read a room. And I, I, I think, honestly, do, do the owners really want him to be in the game, you know, with the whole steroids? I mean, he, he, he seems to me like he's always trying to compete with Derek Jeter. And he's never going to be oh, a Derek yeah. Jeter no. in, in terms uh-huh. of the hearts and minds of, of baseball fans. And, and just just another aside is is that um, last night the Cardinals were on um, I watched the it. Sunday night game. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm like, I, I cannot listen to this guy for nine innings. So I listened to uh, the Cardinals' um, radio feed um, and, and, and synced it with the, the, the actual game. And just because just like, I couldn't listen to him. Yeah, he, he was really praising the Cardinal organization, the Cardinal this, the Cardinal way, the clear, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, dude, just shut up. You don't care about anybody but the Yankees and that, because you won a World Series with them. You know what I mean? I, I, I yeah. would say he doesn't care about anybody but himself. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And it, when you sent me that article um, about A-Rod whining with the bid being rigged, the first thing I thought of was it's kind of like taking steroids where it's rigged that you're going to – be able, you have an advantage over the pitcher now illegally. That's that's what yeah. rigged is, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Good point. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this is a dead issue and we don't have to deal with them other than Sunday nights, twenty six weeks out of the year. Um, and if you have the option of, of tuning them out, that's even better. Um, and then let's get into some bush league news. Bush league standings. Okay. Do you want to start with the Fab or do you want to get just go down the the, the standings first? Let's 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 talk about the standings, then we okay. can jump into Fab. Okay, let's because I'm going to do the bottom half. Let's talk with uh, me, Crazy Joe Devola. Uh, I'm losing. Yeah, what's happening there? My team is like a sieve. I I can't I, I can't maintain anything. I have a good pitching outing, and then somebody gets beat up that same day. Although my ERA did come down significantly in the last three weeks. I think I was out of five nine a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm just over five, like a five point oh something. Um, 25 and a half points. I picked up a couple hitters in fab this week. We'll talk about later, but they're, it, it's over. I'm going to finish in last and there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can Real? do. About okay. So, so yeah. you're, you're, you're indifferent to, to, to finishing in last. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm indifferent. I, I I'm realistic about it. <laughs> I'm, you know what I mean? Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking at it as I was three weeks ago where I thought if my pitching can come back a little bit, I think I can dig myself out. But, yeah, this it's over. It does, it, ten, I'm, I'm going to finish in last place, and there's nothing I can do. What, that, what, 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 does, that, what does that feel like? I, I've never <laughs> had to experience that. Um, yeah, whatever. Okay, March is coming next year, man. That's how I look at it. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, I thought last night, you know, I am really slow behind the curve, but um, one of the things I thought I really should have had a different um, team name for this year. Why? Why? You know what I was thinking, what my team name should have been? And, and it could be if, if COVID strikes itself again next year, I think my team is going to be called, we're talking about practice. <laughs> That's like a little nod to Allen Iverson. AI. All right. <laughs> um, the next is the the Dogonizers, Rick's team. He dug himself out of last place, which uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to, but my team's so bad, it he couldn't help but it. So this is the second week in a row. He had 64.5 points in the top four for the weekly standings. Um, he's getting great production out of Conforto, uh, Alex Dickerson, Hosmer, Trey Turner. All four had six-plus RBIs for the week. I think he had 45 or 44 ribbies and 44 runs scored this past week. He needs Bryant and Muncie to follow suit with the rest of those four guys. He has some room to move in the standings offensively. I don't know if he's going to affect the outcome of the league, but he has some room to move offensively. And he's Workman keeps getting saves for him for the Phillies, so he has some rooms and wins. And saves, and it's funny I say he has rooms and wins because him and Bills, I think they have six and seven apiece, but he has room. I mean, it takes a couple lucky relievers to get a win, 
and you you pass him. So, um, yeah, he, he he a second strong week for him. Do, do you think that he can get out of the bottom two? Think he can pass uh, and get into eighth or seventh place? Uh, that you know what? I mean, who who knows? I I, I didn't think he he'd dig himself out this much. He he's eleven and a half points behind Sam and fifteen and a half fifteen points behind Case. That's a lot in three weeks. Like they would just have to just complete the bottom fall out, and he would have to be just go crazy for three weeks. Which he's I mean his team's really producing, and and he's not getting anything out of Muncie and Bryant. So, but I, I don't know if he can make up eleven or fifteen points in three weeks. That that seems like okay. a lot. That seems it seems like a lot of movement. Um, and then we got here come the runs. Uh, they dropped again in in points for the for the week. Uh, it, it really, the only bright spots he has is Tatis, Castellanos, and Degrom. Uh, everybody else is just like my team; they're they're just fillers. They're just they're, they're just not producing for him. Um, although Tatis ha- had another good week, uh, you know, because I do the bottom half. I'm Tatis is a really good player, man. This guy produces pretty much every week. This Fernando Tatis, I mean, he's he he can rake. Yeah, and, and you know what? His, his his true coming out party will be when the Padres get into the playoffs and, you know, he'll get more national exposure because um, it's hard when you're on the West Coast. But if he's in the, he gets into the playoffs and, you know, can can can, uh, can produce there, um, yeah, I, 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 I think the, uh, the rest of the country will see what, what kind of a talent he really is. Yeah, and he's still young, so it'd be interesting to see what he does over 162-game season. I mean, really, we're yep. in the beginning of June, right? Mm-hmm. Ballpark, right? Yep. We start in July. Maybe we're in the end of May. But, yeah, we're still way early in the season. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he does over 162. But he, he is pretty consistent thus far. Brings us to the seventh-place team, Honey Nut Ichiro's case. He actually gained five point uh, five points from last week. Picks up Greg Allen, who got sent to the minors <laughs> right away. Albies never came back from his injury. Fam is essentially lost for the year. September 28th is when the date he's coming back. Uh, yeah, his, he picked up Clevenger. We'll talk about that later. So maybe he can, you know, hold serve where he's at pitching-wise. But, yeah, he, he's probably stuck there. Okay. And then, yeah, I, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have to agree with that. I don't think yeah. uh, uh, there's going to be much movement. No. No, he, he's probably stuck there. And then we got the last um, Cindy Studs. Bob Freeze, uh, he dropped another three points this week. He's got 56 and a half points. Donovan Solano stays hot for him. He's got nine ribs this week with a one-plus OPS. Corbin got beat up twice. It, we've talked about his pitching in the past, whether he has the pitching to really make a move. And I think his pitching, he had a good week. He had, he had five wins and and led the, led the league in Ks for the week. Um, but as I was looking through his, his – um, his standings, he could easily get past in four offensive categories as easily as he can move up. So, uh, you know, he may move up into the 60, low 60s, or he could drop into the low 50s just as easily. So, okay. All right. I think he's he could be stuck there unless Rick makes a move, and I, I think he has opportunity to pass some people. So, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll see where we're at next week. And that brings us to the top five. Yeah, you, you know, just looking at that, and you know, we'll, we'll transition over to the uh, the top five in, in just a second. But you know, talking about uh, Cindy's studs and Bob's team, uh, the home runs are, are really close, right? Because you know, from anywhere from sixty-two to sixty-eight, there's six teams um, in that category. So, to your point, there, there's a lot of um, chance for movement as, as well as the OPS. But uh, you know, they fall out of the uh, um, the the top half and, and, you know, have to be analyzed by you, which we talked about. Nobody wants to be analyzed by you means they're in the bottom half. So, so let's transition with that awkward transition. Let's <laughs> transition to the top half. Um, yeah. Bill's boys um, tied for fourth, even though they, they lost um, six points over this past week. I, I think they just had such a strong week the week before. Um, they are pretty much um, average uh, across the board. Um, with 27 offensive points for the week and 28 pitching points, so you, you really can't get much more midpoint than than, than that. 
um, they were buoyed by um, a fab selection. Um, Adam Duvall actually had nine runs, five home runs, seven RBIs, and uh, a 1.264 um, OPS. How, how would you like to have that on your on your team? Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty good number. But it, yeah, did you did yeah. you have five home runs all week last week? Uh, I think I might have. I have to look. I, I think I might have had five home runs. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll look. Let me. Let me um, yeah, that's that's fine. I'll I'll continue on. You know his 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 sluggers of you know Machado, Rizzo, and Harper yeah. um, all had a a really bad OPS week, but you know um, the, the ball kind of saved him. And then you know on the pitching side, um, he he had uh, he had a really good ERA, WHIP, and and saves last week, but that was really offset by uh, no wins on on his pitching staff. So. You know he continues to hold hold it together, and and my guess is as we go through this, um, right now the top half is is there's there's four teams really looking for the last two um, second and third spots uh, to get into the money because uh, as, as we get down to uh, Tom's team, I don't I don't think anybody's going to pass him. Um, my team, Stan's Attic, um, otherwise known as uh, we're talking about practice. Um, Actually, I gained six and a half points, which was down at one point during the week. I was up 11 points for the week. Um, I think I led all the teams with the 78 points for the week. Um, had a really good um, offensive week. And I think on Tuesday, uh, I think it was Tuesday, I actually had seven home runs and 17 RBIs on one day. And I'm thinking, man, this has to be a record. I look at Tom's team. He had 20 RBIs that day. <laughs> Um, you know, Miller, uh, Happ, and Hampson had, had three home runs. And, you know, this brings up an interesting point, right? Because um, Ian Happ, who I thought was going to be a good player last year, um, never really got into the major leagues, um, back into the major leagues until August. Um, he's starting to change my mind. And In fact, um, at, I, I want to say he was actually leading uh, the National League in OPS um, this year at one point, um, late into this year. Um, he might be somebody – that I may consider um, retaining for next year and changing my retention picks. So keep that in mind, League. Um, my team, I actually had five wins. Remember how I was complaining how I, I couldn't get any wins? I actually had five last week and had the best ERA and ratio. So if I can continue that, uh, I think I can make a strong push to finish second. Um, yeah, um, moving over to, to, to so, the Hawks. Real, real quick, um... So I yeah. did check. I did have five homers last week. Um, Total? Yeah. And then, um, so about your five wins, that, that's that's a pretty strong week. I mean, is that something that you think you can, you can pull off at least one more time in the next three weeks? Yeah, I do. Because, okay. you know, um, two of the front-line pitchers are um, – Yor and uh, Kershaw, right. and I, I think they can continue to, to, to get some wins. Um, uh, Dakota Hudson, I believe, can get some some, some more wins for for me. Um, you know, not, not somebody you would think of as uh, you know a, a front front line starter, but certainly um, as, as Tom had pointed out, uh, you know, one of those dependable pitchers. And I think he's turning he. Dakota Hudson is turning into that. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think I can continue that. Um, I think the problem for me is is that I only have a dollar left, so um, I might be left with the pitching that I have. So we'll, we'll see how that carries out. I, I think I, I think I'm going to finish in the money this year. Hopefully, I don't jinx myself on that. Okay. All right. Go ahead. I'm so. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Uh, Hawks um, had the second best week, um, helped by their, their strong pitching. They, they, they actually um, pretty much stayed even. They dropped a half point. Um, in the pitching categories, he was top three in, in, in all categories um, except for saves. And, 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 you know, once again, his pitching performance, uh, his big three, Darvish, Burns, and, and Kim from the Cardinals, who's now on the IL, you know, had 18 innings pitched, one earned run, and, and 22 strikeouts. And – um, you know, I, I saw uh, Darvish pitch against the Cardinals on uh, was it? Yeah, and he just had that performance. And uh, as we talked about, I don't know if 
He has, and and it's something that um, um, I I think A Rod actually brought up a good point yesterday, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but he he thinks Darvish is benefiting from no fans. From what? No fans? Not having fans. So there's no distractions whatsoever for Darvish. I don't know why he said that. He didn't explain himself. Um, I I don't know if that's the only variable that has changed Darvish. Maybe it's just, you know, he, he's he's feeling more comfortable with his five pitches. But, yeah, that, that's what – that he suggested that. He suggested Hugh Darvish. And and, and as I say it out loud and, and, and listen to myself um, – I, I don't know why he would say that. So. How about the fact that Darvish doesn't have people stealing his signs anymore? Maybe that well, has to do with it. That could that be a huge factor? <laughs> yeah. No one's stealing his signs. But it is kind of strange how he's just come out of his funk. I mean, he was in a pretty bad funk there for a while. Um, I, like yeah, I, yeah, I mentioned before, I thought he I thought he might have been done. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. It should be interesting to see how the Hawks handle uh, this, this injury with Kim. Cause I, I don't know. He could be, um, he could be out for uh, the, the regular season. So um, yeah. how he replaces him, cause he needs to keep that pitching strong. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be a dogfight for positions two and three. Um, offensively, the Hawks had an average week. Um, fortunately, um, Suarez from, from the Reds, five home runs and 12 RBIs with a 1.5. OPS yeah. and Justin Hera, four home runs, eight RBIs, and a 1.2 OPS. Um, what do you think about Suarez? He, he, you know what? I, I, he, he's kind of like one of these players, at least in my mind, really good player. He just gets overlooked. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, he probably gets overlooked. I mean, a lot, especially in that division. I mean, Yelich gets a lot of pub. Um, hell, half the Cubs get all the publicity and. I don't know if they knock it as many runs as Eugene Suarez does. Um, yeah, he he's he's pretty consistent. He was a guy I wasn't going to retain because you know he was going to start the the year probably on a long term disabled list because. Yes. Yep. But this COVID, you know, allowed him to recover and and start the season on time, so to speak. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he's just a good hitter, and he drives and runs, man. <laughs> That's what he does. That's so, what Eugene Suarez does. So forgive my ignorance here. So you actually had him in 2019. I traded for him. Yeah. Traded for him. Yeah. Would you consider retaining him in 21? Uh, I mean, just off, I, he he would cost me some money. Um, so okay. I have I don't know. I have to see. I don't know how old he is. I don't know how long he's been doing this. You know, the Reds. I don't know what the Reds are going to do. So, um, yeah, I would certainly consider it. I was considering it before. Until I realized that he probably wasn't going to start the season, and it was going to be until June-ish, until he came back, and that's a big hit for two over two dollars to sit on your bench for sixty-five days. Yeah, no, I get it. I yeah. get it. Um, Keston, Keston here. Um, do you see this guy playing before? I have a little bit. Yes. The Brewers. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you think he's legit? Well, you know what? It kind of goes back to the uh, the conversation you and I had off the air about Colton Wong. I feel like Keston Hero needs to just play every day. Like I've I've, I've seen okay. this guy's name come through for the past at least year and a half, right? And they, I just I feel like this guy just needs to play every day. And I I think he's I think he's good defensively. And I mean, if he if he can continue getting on base, I don't know why they just don't play him every day. Um, I, I, I like this guy. I tried to get him from Lenny's Landmine uh, in a trade in the offseason. I, I think he's going to be a legitimate uh, power source. Um, he'll help um, fill out that lineup with, uh, with, with Yelich because I, I don't know how much is there um, moving forward for the, uh, for the Brewers. I think it gets uh, pretty bare pretty quickly. I think the, the, the way the Brewers go about uh, you know, filling out their teams with uh, you know, cast-offs from other places is going to kind of catch up with them. So, um, I think I think here is going to be a really good player moving forward, but just my opinion. Um, next team, second place, uh, Lenny's Landmines. They're they're hanging in tough. Um, their week was kind of a carbon copy of the Hawks, um, where they just stayed, uh, you know, pretty much average offensively, um, but had some some really strong pitching led by 
um, by Noah, um, Aaron Noah, 19 Ks in, in two starts. Um, Landmines had the league-leading five saves, and they had two from Melanson and three from Kinsler. And, you know, when I look at his offensive team, I, I think it came back to the point that you had mentioned last week. And, you know, not to belabor it too much, but if he had picked up uh, um, Trevor Story as opposed to Arenado um, with the sixth pick, um, could he have been a little bit more in contention to win this thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, he'd be up one point probably in RBIs. Um, and... I don't uh, home runs. I, I I think he's doing okay anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, he'd probably be up one, two, three. Probably up three points in home runs. Yeah, and, and and let's not forget. Let's not forget this. Okay, so he has twenty one points. Or excuse me, it's twenty one stolen bases, which uh, is six points, and he's only two stolen bases behind the second place team. So he could have gained three uh, three points with um, with steals. Yeah. So you're talking about um, maybe because, six or seven points. Yeah. 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 It's a big. So that was a really good observation by by you. Um, and and then you know jumping um, actually you know the, the last question that I had here um, and you had talked about this again last week is you know the replacement for Robbie Ray and yeah. and the replacement might just be don't don't have anybody in there and and, and it might help him out. Um, addition <laughs> by subtraction, if you will. And, you know, I, I wonder, um, you, you watched this last night. Is is, is John Lester done? Uh, yeah, he seems to have a good outing like every three starts. You, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, and some of his deal is he needs those calls that are borderline. And he was getting some of them last night. But he was leaving yeah, balls. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah, he was leaving balls. He was leaving those curveballs over the plate. Like, I, I watched the three... I guess DeJong had two hits, but three he had to hit the ball hard three times, and they were both curveballs right over the plate. And he ripped those things in the left field. Do you, do you, yeah. yeah. So I and, and the 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 other the the Spanish guy that was playing yesterday for the Cardinals, he he hit the ball hard twice off of Lester. What uh, Avola? What's that guy's name? Wait, say again. The who was who was the Spanish guy that was playing? For the Cardinals yesterday, I don't, I don't know his name, Aravola or Ravola. Oh, Ron Hal Rivero. Rivero, yeah, he hit the ball Rivello. hard. Rivello, yeah. excuse me, Rivello, yeah. yes, he, yeah. He hit the ball hard off of Lester twice, and both off of those curveballs, yeah. So I, I think he probably leaves them over a little bit, and and that's what happens. You know, he just gets beat to death. And then, you know, jumping to uh, our, our top-ranked team, the, the voracious, tenacious squirrels. Yeah. Um, the, these guys are, are, are just on on fire. I mean, they, they were already leading the league, um, gained nine points um, for eight, a total of 88 points. You, you know, if this were a regular season, that would be um, amount to essentially the most points ever um, as a percentage. Um just a great week hitting-wise, as, as we talked about. He had 20, 20 RBIs on Tuesday. I don't think you had 20 RBIs all week, did you? I might have. Yeah, I probably had 20 RBIs. But, yeah, I mean, Alonzo hit – Alonzo had a bunch of RBIs yesterday because I watched the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and now he's trying to make a move in saves with picking up Tre Trevor Rosenthal. So, yeah, he could have 90-plus points when this all ends. That's that. That would be incredible, right? Yeah. He had that last week. Last week he had 20, 20 home runs in one week, forty nine runs and fifty nine RBIs for a, a, a team. A team OPS of nine oh seven. That's just incredible. Um, yeah. Ozuna and uh, Acuna uh, combined for nine home runs, along with like you mentioned, just mentioned four home runs for Alonso. Just just a tremendous um, offensive week for him. But, you know, I guess if there's any chinks in the armor, um, I'm wondering if his pitching can hold up. He only has three more weeks, but, you know, he had the second worst ERA at 5.11 with Sonny Gray. Um, Cardinals just shelled him two-thirds of an inning, uh, six earned runs, kind of uh, like, like, like Bob Freeze had the uh, week earlier with uh, 
uh, who was it, Garrett, uh, uh, I forget who it was, for the Padres. The, you know, that, that yeah. kind of week. Yeah. That kind of week just, just, just really kills you. And, and t- as you had mentioned, he spent pretty much all of his money on shoring up his bullpen and $45 on Trevor Rosenthal. What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I, I guess that's – he can – he has some room to move in that. Um, I guess Rosenthal is kind of a wild card. He's had really good years, and he's had some years where he can't find the plate. I mean, he's, he's six points back of, of moving into – or six saves back moving into second. He's five behind you and, and, and Bob Freeze. I, I guess it's – you know, I guess he can. It, and and it, it, it might keep Bob Kirk at bay because Bob's one, one save behind him. But his ERA – he had a bad ERA this week, but, Jamie, his ERA is 3-4 right now. Bob Kirk is at three five, and you're at a little over four. I don't. I mean, that's a big switch. I mean, maybe he loses two points, maybe in ERA. Yeah, you know what? I, if you look at the categories, he he he's, he he just put himself right now in in such good position that you know um, I, I don't know if he really has to do anything else. Is is you know. Other than what he did with with his bid for um, Rosenthal, um, the fact that he's trying to shore up his bullpen a little bit is, is probably the right move to make. Um, this this is really his to, to to lose. And in fact, the only thing he might be looking for is, hey, how many points can he gain? Can he get to to, to ninety? That'd probably be the game I would try to be playing right now. Yeah, because I, I mean he's pretty set in strikeouts. Uh, you know, the person underneath him is almost thirty back. Case is almost thirty back. Although Case has Clevenger, but that's not good. thirty strikeouts in three weeks. To you know what I mean? To make up the difference is a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't see where he maybe drops maybe drops four points in pitching. But I mean, he he could easily gain points too. So yeah, so, yeah, he he, he so, has so, a good team. Yeah, let's let's transition into because we were we you know we we were talking about Rosenthal as as part of his. Uh, fab pickup this week. You know, once again, we um, we had another fab palooza where um, we had what 20, 20 selections in, in fab this week. You know, a lot of those you know big bids because of the the, the trading deadline. And um, after we only have two more fab periods, but I guess no surprise, uh, Mike Clevenger went for um, the most money, um, seventy five dollars by the uh, the Ichiro's. Um, are you surprised that a couple other people that had the hammer um, overcase didn't go for Clevenger? Yeah, uh, I thought maybe Bob Kirk would go after him. Although I'm I'm looking at his at his um, yeah, I, I thought maybe Bob would go after him, but I I really wins is where he could make some he he could pass Tom um, Whip. He could maybe pass you if Clevenger pitches really really well. I, that's where I thought he would land, um, and I guess Sam. It's, I don't think Sam put in a bid because he he has like eighty bucks left, so um, he he must have not have put anything in. So yeah, it's it's a little surprising. I, I thought maybe Bob would take a run at him, and I don't think Lenny's landmines had had the money to do anything. He I don't think yeah, he could outbid yeah. him. So you're, you're you're right. Well, you know, be, be, before we started this podcast, you you had a theory that you know maybe Bob. Um, Bob, Bob Kirk, the Hawks. Maybe they were trying to get two players yeah. um, in their bids because yeah. he had the second highest bid in Kevin Pillar at forty-five. Um, how's that seem to you? What do, what do you think about that pick? Well, I guess at this point, I mean, you're just you're throwing spaghetti against the wall, right? I mean, I mean, Pilar's a good player. Obviously, he's not worth forty-five percent of your fab, but at three weeks left, two two fab periods left, maybe he is. Right, just need, well, do you, needs an at-bat. Well, well I, I guess part of the attraction for me, I went, you know, obviously lower didn't get that bid, but I, I, I wonder how much of that was due to the, uh, um, course, course field um, factor yeah. and, and the bump that you get going there. Yeah, and, and they have a lot of hitters, though. I, I, I think – did you – you bought Mitch Moreland? I did. Yeah, I think I would have – I think I would have put my money into him than Pilar. But like I said, maybe he was trying to get a couple people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just try to work your money out. Yeah. To, you know, to say, hey, if I don't get 
Moreland at this price, then I need someone, so I'm going to overbid for Pilar to make sure I get him. You know, it could be something so like I, that. I, I, I thought there were a couple better hitters, at least the way I had um, bid on them in, in, in Feb. And, you know, as you had mentioned, uh, I was actually shocked that I got Mitch Moreland for, for 36. You know, I, I like the fact that he, he's going to be inserted as a DH into that lineup that already has Machado and Tatis. So, I think there's an opportunity to 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 gain some some ground offensively. I think he should be set up pretty well. But the other person that I had behind um, Moreland in, in terms of offensive uh, players was Austin Nola, who yeah. signed with uh, excuse me got traded to San Diego that you picked up for thirty dollars. Well, talk about that for a second. So I I think I put in a bid for Mitch Moreland just under yours. Um, it was in that it was in that low thirties thing. Um, okay. and, and it was the type of thing where, all right, if I don't get Moreland, which I don't think I will, I, I got to get Carson Kelly the hell out of there. And, and Nola qualifies as a catcher. And I think he's yeah. actually going to catch a little bit. So, uh, okay. and he can hit, he, he's been hitting the ball well for Seattle. And I, I thought the same thing. I mean, Padres, I mean, there's no data behind it, but hitters get hot when other hitters are hot. I mean, that, that's just, complete garbage but sometimes it works out that way <laughs> you know what i mean so um i, I thought he could uh, yeah i thought he's a decent hitter and he can play different positions Here, here's a silly question for you um that i don't know that i'm guessing is he related to uh aaron nola he is, is it's, he his brother? It's, a, yeah, it's his brother yeah okay yep. all right i i, I assume so but I, I i didn't hear any confirmation on that then you know what we, we had a couple of players um that were bid on pretty high. A couple of veterans that I was kind of surprised. You know, you you got Jose Martinez at twelve. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bill's boys got Todd Frazier at eleven. And you want to talk about those? Well, I, and Frazier's interesting because you know if you're looking for someone to hit some homers, that that he may be your guy <laughs> because if you watch him swing, that's kind of how he swings. And I think he's already hit. He hit a home run his first at bat with the Mets. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, he he's got some pop, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe he can help a little bit. And I don't know who we replaced him with, because that's the other factor. I mean, I spent twelve dollars on Jose Martinez, who's a decent player, but he's better and than Ender and in, in Carte. I mean, in, in, I've been in, we've been playing for two months, and, and Carte's still hitting under two hundred. So Jose Martinez is better, right? Right, right now. So I don't know who Bill is going to replace him with. Or maybe he's just gonna kind of keep them and see what happens. And it's, yeah, you know, it's another guy. So it, it looks like when you got the Jose Martinez, you dropped Austin both. Um, that's uh, gonna hurt, isn't it? No, that's gonna help. <laughs> that's gonna help immensely. And you know what's funny is that Austin both is a guy that has pitched well in his in his first three or four starts, and then he just got he hasn't gotten out of the fourth inning. Like, he's getting destroyed. That's how bad he's been. Do you, do you think he's a pitcher that next year we're talking about at some point that we pick up, somebody picks up in, in, in fab, and then he just takes off? Do you think he's just one of these just trying to figure out the league right now? Well, I, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought last year. I had him on my fab. I picked him up late just to kind of see what, what he would do, and he pitched kind of – he pitched okay. And then I picked him as a reserve pick. And had to throw him in there because Soroka got – he was out for the year. And he pitched really well. He did a really good job. But, yeah, I think hitters are figuring him out. Yeah, maybe he will be a guy that in a in a year or two, he's a guy that actually will be drafted. You know what I mean? Will people is, is, pay money for. Is, is, is he going to be one of these guys that once he's off your team, um, next year at some point he just takes off, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, anybody that I cut, keep an eye on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Brad Miller. So, so what do you think? What, what do you think about my pickup with uh, Joe Musgrove um, at seven dollars, bringing me down to a dollar? So Musgrove, he's a weird. He he's kind of a strange cat, right? He he was he, he's he's a former Astro when they were drafted really well. I, I I think he's a good number four pitcher. Would you Would you say that that's what Joe Musgrove is? He's a really good number four pitcher. Um. For a team like the Dodgers, maybe um, not for the Pirates. Well, he's fa- he's probably facing better pitchers, 
with the Pirates. You know, he's probably yeah. a, a two. I like Joe Musgrove. But I, I mean, do too. Yeah, maybe get a couple weeks out of that guy, right? Yeah. Is he, is he well, a raise a little I'm, high? I'm, I'm hoping to catch lightning in a bottle there. Is he part of your five wins a week factor? <laughs> uh, I hope so. And this shows you, you know, uh, how I have to thread the needle here. It's, it's, it's not going to be an easy path. Um, and then, you know, looking at the rest of the fab here, um, Hawks time take a flyer on Kevin Ginkle, I guess, who's possibly going to be closing now in, in Arizona now yeah. that the Archie, Archie Bradley's gone. By, by the way, just a little side note, Archie Bradley should be taking over um, at the Reds' closer soon. I just watched the Iglesias blow another save yesterday. That's yeah. going to be painful, doesn't it? Yeah, it is, especially with a guy like Iglesias. Like, you can't have that guy blow saves. Yeah. 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 Um, Bill picked up uh, rookie phenom uh, Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, uh, for five bucks. Yeah, and he, he, oh look, and do you see who he dropped? No, I'm he not. He dropped uh, Gregory Pol- Gregory Polanco. Ah, <laughs> maybe he took your advice yeah. that he's done. Yeah, maybe I'll get him for a dollar next week. You don't know. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah. Okay. You don't know me. We'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, 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 yeah, there are there were some some reaches and there were some uh, guys who circled back around Johan Camargo circled back around. Um, I think Joe Musgrove has been in another team before Michael Taylor circled back around. Um, yeah. And then uh, uh, the Cindy studs gave up on the Phil Gosselin run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he had what four, four, uh, five, five, uh, uh, selections last week. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if – interesting, you know, all dollar picks. Um, I, I don't really see that much there. And, you know, he still has $25. I think he kind of missed the boat on this one. I think I think this bad period is going to really hurt him. Yeah, it's, it, when you're in that type of position, you, you run it out. I mean, because – Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, you run it out. You, I agree. Yeah, you – I mean, actually, one of the guys he picked up got put on the DL, so – yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know if anything It's going to hurt him there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, a, a lot of movement, which it should have been because uh, unlike what we thought, there were a lot of trades. <laughs> so there were a lot. There was a lot of movement in baseball. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked by that and, and actually glad to see that uh, a lot of teams are, uh, are, are taking this seriously. So, 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 so good for them. Yeah. Uh, so – I guess look, moving forward, Lenny Landmine sent. He he looks like he's going to leave some money on the table too. He's got fifty eight dollars left. Um, yeah, that 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 might. I I would have ran some money out if I, I was him. But I mean, what the hell do uh, I know? So. Yeah, it, definitely. Well, you know, you're at you're at zero, and I'm at one dollar. So, and 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 the squirrels are at one dollar. So, you you know, you, you, it's covering pretty much the whole standings right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay so uh, moving on we got today in baseball history right yeah all right 1973 uh whitey herzog got fired by the texas rangers replaced by billy martin and of course herzog won went on to win uh 1200 plus wins in his ma- managerial career uh six division titles three pennants and one world series and is he in the hall of fame Yes, he is. Yeah, there you go. Yes, he, he is. And, and and honestly, there there should be a little asterisk. Cause it should be two World Series because they should have beat the Royals in, in 1985. Not that I'm still bitter about that um, 35 years later. But, um, yeah, Wade Herzog, you know, we talked about this. Or I talked about this before on previous podcasts. One of my all-time favorite managers slash general managers. But he, he, he had an idea, you know, um, Bush Stadium 2 was a humongous uh, stadium. It, 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 it was a pitcher's park, um, had some really deep walls. I think center field was 414. And he said, hey, we're not going to be able to, to beat people uh, to death here in terms of home runs, so let me try and take advantage of this turf and build a team around that. And, you know, those, those teams of the early to mid-'80s, the Cardinals teams were just extremely exciting to watch. And one of my one of my dreams, and I would love this for the Bush League, 
is if if we could have uh, Whitey Herzog uh, around the table just telling us stories, baseball stories, over a couple beers. How much fun would that be? Yeah, I, uh, when I was in college, I read his book, and I just I, that's what made me fall in love with the guy. I, I just think he was he he was strictly. Uh, you're right. He did have a plan, and, and he adapted to the skills of his players. But he was he was definitely an intuition type of type of manager, and you know he had really good players that he that he managed. Let's that's not you know what I mean. It's not like he was managing dogs. Um, th- those Kansas City teams were really good. In fact, uh, I think between '75 and '85, Kansas City and and the Phillies won more baseball games than anyone in in baseball. And those teams that he that he developed in Kansas City were re- really good teams. Um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, this guy, six division titles is a lot back then. I mean, you you that that's a lot. It's not where you have three divisions and there's a wild card and all that other stuff. That that's a tough road to hoe to win a division. So, yeah, he he was a good dude. And and um, if you haven't read his book, I think it's called The White Rat. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's an easy read and, and very enjoyable. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Yeah, he still he still lives in the St. Louis area. Still beloved by by Cardinal fans. Yeah, uh, 1974, uh, September 7th, 1974. Craig Nettles uh, breaks his bat and six Super Bowls fly fly out of his <laughs> bat. <laughs> if you've not seen this on YouTube, I think there's a YouTube of it because I, I think I've seen it. it it's, it's quite the spectacle. Uh, yeah, Bill Freehand, the Tigers catcher, is picking them up as they're bouncing all over the place. Uh, Nettles said he got it from a fan in Chicago. That's 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 his story. Yeah. Uh, that's his story. He's sticking to it, huh? Yeah. So Craig Nettles, hey, man. That's what we were talking about earlier off the air. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my responsibility. <laughs> and then Dontrell Willis uh, in uh, September of 2005, Dontrell Willis becomes the first Marlins pitcher to win 20 games. He was he won 20, 22 games that year. Um, remember Dontrell? I, I do. What what an exciting he he was the 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 twenty first century version of Mark Fidrich in my mind. Yeah, Just yeah, a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Magnetic personality, you know, playing for a team that 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 wasn't so so so, so great. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Because I have another point to make. Then I like Don Trell. He won a World Series as a rookie, twenty uh, one year old rookie, two thousand five. He hit a stride. He was twenty two and ten. Uh, interesting. He was traded uh, when he was 20, 25, 26 years old to the Detroit Tigers with Miguel Cabrera when, I guess, you know, Marlins were in that let's dump everybody phase, which they go through yeah. every once in a while. Um, he, The guys he was traded for, two of them are still playing in the big leagues. Who's that? Cameron Mabin and Andrew Miller. They were they traded in December Whoa. of 2007. Those guys are still playing in the bigs. Wow! Yeah! Wow! Wow! Neither of them. Something. Yeah, they're not playing for Florida, but they're still playing in the big leagues. Here's here's what I remember about Dontrell Willis is is that um, one of the worst Bush League trips that we had was was to Miami. Um, um, just just because of the fact, first of all, I, I I don't like Miami and just just the city. It's 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 okay. But the baseball stadium, this was back in the day that they were still playing at, I guess it was, was it considered Joe Robbie Stadium where the, where the Dolphins played? Yeah. And when we went there early 2000s, um, there was probably seven or 8,000 people at, at the game, and it was bad uh, that Friday night. The next night, um, Dontrell Willis was, was um, pitching, and I think they got like 20,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> so it was night and day um, Just to when, see him. When, when, when he pitched. But uh, – yeah, good, good dude. He was actually. Um, you didn't you tell me? I, I thought I remember you texting me or emailing me that you saw him pitch recently. Well, I don't know. If it was recently. It's probably in the last five years, uh, maybe longer than that, for the Lancaster Barnstormers. Okay. <laughs> the Independent wow. Atlantic League, and they do that. Atlantic League did have a um, a lot of former major league players that would. Just okay. try to hang on. Uh, they played a lot of them played in Newark, which is just you know Newark, New Jersey, uh, just outside yeah. of New York City. Um, yeah, so I, I've I've seen some. I actually Tracy McGrady was playing 
when he was playing minor league baseball. He, <laughs> he played in that league. I didn't see him pitch, though, because he was playing for the Texas team, and for some reason there was a team in Texas in the Atlantic Independent League. But whatever. Oh, boy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I saw Dontrell, and, and he got signed by the Phillies and released, the uh, Orioles and released in 11 and 12. And, yeah, I think he just probably gained too much weight and his arm gave out. But he was fun to, to watch for those four or five years. Yeah, he was. He was. All right. All right, what are you walking off with today? Well, I just wanted to uh, to let everybody know that, as you know, we, we have a um, – we told everybody don't listen to our Kentucky Derby. Oh, pets, yeah, no. And, no. Uh, yeah, we did, we did not do very well. I'll, it, I'll speak for myself. Um, I did not pick the winner, Authentic, um, which uh, was an 8-1, to one, paid eighteen eighty to win. Um, did you have Authentic anywhere in I, your uh, bidding? I did not. In fact, uh, okay. yeah, the, the horse I was going to – I was hoping to win was scratched 1,000 words right before the uh, right before the race. Gotcha, gotcha. Um you know, the nice part is, is if you uh, had the super trifecta, a dollar, uh, a dollar bet would, uh, would uh, um, have given you, uh, if had you won the super trifecta, seven thousand nine paid seven thousand nine hundred and twenty-five dollars. So, uh, you know, maybe next time, maybe in the uh, what's next, the Preakness, right, in October. Yeah, one month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and and then the other interesting thing that I saw was that uh, uh, as part of this um, went, uh, Kentucky Derby winner authentic. Um, one of the owners, as part of a consortium, was Walker Bueller. Yeah, that's right. Yep, because because uh, that that app, I think it's an app, myhorse.com, or where you can buy into horses. So, All right. So yeah. so okay. So so maybe. Maybe we can convince Tom with his Bush League winnings that uh, we can all go in and, 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 and buy a horse. What do you think? Yeah, that's good. Uh, of course, we, we should not be picking that horse, <laughs> but somebody should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. What are you walking off with? I'm walking off with, and I'm, I'm getting, I, I'm like my intro that uh, apathy and indifference, I'm walking off. I'm going to start living my life like Don Corleone from The Godfather. <laughs> How is, how is that? Have you ever seen the movie? I have. I watched all three. I, you know, it just recently, last last Christmas. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, over between Christmas and New Year's, I, I watched all three for the first time. Okay. So in the in the in the original Godfather, uh, Don Corleone sits down with Virgil Salazzo because Salazzo wants Don Corleone to invest money into his new drug business. You, you know what I'm talking about? In in the I do. olive oil shop. And Don Corleone says, yeah. you know what, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to partner with you, but make no mistake, how a man earns his money is I'm indifferent to, right? It doesn't matter to me. But how I'm living my life from now on is just as long, you live your life the way you want to, just as long as it doesn't interfere with mine. Like, I don't, okay. yeah, I, just because you live your life that way doesn't mean I have to. That's, that's Don Corleone's. Uh, All right. Well, philosophy. we're going to close with a little bit of social commentary by you, huh? Yes. Yeah. So uh, everybody else is Virgil Salazzo, and I'm Don Corleone. And how you make your money is good, <laughs> just long as your interest doesn't conflict with my interest. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's that that goes along with my with my intro. Um, oh, by the way, I won nine dollars, and they um. Well, look, <laughs> I didn't win nine dollars. I got nine dollars back of a thirty dollar bet. So. That's not winning nine dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just made a contribution to. Uh, uh, I think it's the the app is called Twinspire. Yeah, so, Twinspire. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll make another contribution for the Preakness at the uh, the first Saturday in October. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, Christy did pick authentic though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. She doesn't pick the horse until she sees them. You know what? Okay. The, the call to wow. post when they're all walking by to get into the gate. She looks at every one yeah. of them. And she saw authentic and said, "Yeah, I think that's the one's going to win." Yeah. So here's what I would ask her: is you know our podcast prior to the Preakness, if she could provide us with with her her, her picks, win, place, and show, I think that would uh, benefit everyone. Well, the problem is she doesn't pick until she actually sees him walk by. She wants to see him walk by that day. Uh, all right. So, yeah. so what we can do is, uh, I'll is tape you it. could just text everybody. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so she wants yeah, she doesn't pick gray horses. They don't normally win. And that was uh, New York traffic, so that was my problem there. It was gray. So 
All right. That's nothing to do anything with Anything else, Chief? I do not have anything else, Champ. And we'll talk about um, next week. And maybe we'll have some guests on as we, uh, you know, go into the last three weeks. Yeah, we're winding it down. So what we'll try and do is is have some guests on, have them talk about um, this this short season, what they did, and what they've learned to to be able to be applied to the uh, 20, 2021 season. You got it. All right, champ. All right. Talk to you. All right. Stay safe. <laughs>